0: We are here. Today. Indeed. We are here. Five o'clock. We're here. Hopefully, you're all here, too. Or still with us. Or if you're just joining us, Paul Ihander Luis Fernandez in the seats today. Graham Hill producing. Let's get rolling through our daily check down, shall we? I got five the Baseball Hall of Fame likes to collect things. So much so that they want the Oakland A's stuff from the fans, who turned out for reverse boycott night. And made a bunch of T-shirts that said "sell" on them. They literally went Etsy, and printed up a bunch of green T-shirts that say "sell." Of which twenty-seven thousand dollars in donations were received to get that. So the T-shirt that says "sell," the Major League Baseball. This just is a dumpster fire on top of a grease fire. Greed is not a good look on anyone. The Oakland A's get fan they can't draw anybody at this point I'm like the diehards show up to go hey we're here sell the team now to be fair Oakland Alameda Coliseum which I have been to and might be one of the worst stops in the BART line in the history of BART lines in the Bay Area Mm. for those of you transplants who are living here now who've come from the West Coast you know exactly what I'm talking about you it looks like you're walking into a prison because when you get off the BART line in Oakland to go to the Coliseum complex it's a tunnel of fencing and barbed wire as you get off the train. And then you're walking towards what is probably the most ugly gray Coliseum in the history of Coliseums. I mean, it's just, you can't, you're going to, you're going to get
1: what you put in and it's obvious that they don't like spending money on the A's. I mean, and and that's to me, if you're a fan, I, if you're an, if you're an A's fan, I am so sorry that you're having to go through this. There's a lot of history behind that that franchise, and to, to have to walk through all this, I can I, I've been fortunate where uh, none of my favorite teams have, have moved in my lifetime, but that's just got to be
0: such a conflicting wave of emotions. I, I am sorry for the A's. The T-shirts will be at Cooperstown. They'll be part of, I'm sure, some sort of fan-based exhibit. It's just sad that it had to come to that. And they had to sell t-shirts at least the fans did something for charity yeah and the team will be fleecing the las vegas nevada market for tax money Mm. for years and years to come
1: uh professional franchises uh getting millions upon millions of dollars to build stadiums a tale as old as time
2: all right moving on one of the four all of the four or half of the four
0: This is not the most exciting of stories until you read into it a little bit deeper, so bear with me, folks. Former LSU men's basketball coach Will Wade, fired in March of 2022 because he pretty much violated every NCAA rule. (laughs) Um, Now coaches at McNeese State, the NCAA handed down a two-year show cause order. We're familiar with that here, NC State folks, and a 10-game suspension at his new school. This was handed down today by the Independent Resolution Panel. So McNeese State had already proactively suspended him for the first five games. This panel said, well, good for you. We're tacking on five more. Digging into this a little bit deeper, folks, he committed multiple violations providing impermissible cash payments, level one, level two, and level three transgressions. They involved a number of craziness things. Also, as you dig deeper into this, Apparently, he was being extorted by a former fiancé of one of his players saying, I will tell everybody what you're doing unless you give me money. How bad does it have to be? I, like, the whole Will Wade
1: saga was so fascinating when it all went down because, like, I mean, nothing happened to him for the longest time. He was just still coaching, still doing his thing, and then, and then finally the hammer is dropped. It's college basketball can be so soap opera y at times, if you will, and this to me feels like an episode of like General Hospital or something like that. Um, but hey, you know, good luck at McNeese State, Will Wade.
0: I just, yeah, like yeah. SEC, SEC. Dude, when you when you are the topic of a documentary on HBO, you know. <laughs> You're in trouble. There's
1: one way or another. You're either like you're either like Nelson Mandela or you are
0: Will Wade. Right. No in between. Right. It'll be a Netflix series about him coming up sooner than later. All right. Tiger King. <laughs> Next. One, two, three. Wake Forest Baseball looking to avoid something they haven't done all season long as they take on the Louisiana State University Baseball Tigers in Omaha tonight, which you can listen to that game. On our family of stations, 96.5 FM, 99.3 FM, that is at 7 o'clock tonight. Wake Forest, as the number one seed in the tournament, has never lost back-to-back games this season. They need to get it going so they can play the Florida Gators this weekend in a best-of-three. So, this was their first postseason loss.
1: Um, They undefeated in the regional, undefeated in the super regional, undefeated up to this point in the College World Series. But... In the regional and super regional, they dominated opponents. They were outscoring teams like it was like 11-3 to 3 or something like that, like on average. But now, in the College World Series, yes, this was their first loss, but they had been trailing in the majority of their first two games. Like, they they only they went ahead in the bottom of the eighth in their first game as well as in their second game, the second game where they beat LSU initially the first time. So, I don't know. It's, it's kind of one of those situations where for the Demon Deacons, it's like you haven't been here before in this type of situation all season. You've been so good. Does the pressure start to mount? Can you come out here and get some runs up quickly against what's been a really good LSU pitching staff? Yeah,
0: you're right about that. And Wake has been really tight in those first two games, Not clearly not playing as loose. They got off to a good start last night, just scoring the initial two runs, and then they gave up the five, and it just kind of felt like the rest of the game was on cruise control. They, really, they were trying to fight back, but it never felt like that full fight, so to speak. So Wake back in it tonight, taking on LSU. Winner gets to move on. Loser goes home to their respective campus. We hope that loser happens to be LSU again. You can listen to that game tonight, uh, 7 o'clock, first pitch, on our family stations, 96.5 FM, 99.3 FM.
2: And I don't even care who number two is. We
0: do. We do indeed. On a podcast in the last 48 hours, Angel slugger Mike Trout thinks... Angels slugger, two way fascination. Dare I say? Dare I say? Generational player. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Shohei Otani will make 500. Oh, wait. Let's put this in a different perspective. We'll make half a billion dollars Jeez, in is... his next contract. And I don't think Mike Trout is very far off. If at all. I agree. He's worth every penny. Otani is going to get paid. And I remember Otani in spring training. I was working in Phoenix at the time. And he turns up at spring training. And everyone thought this Japanese sensation comes out. And I believe his first start in spring training was maybe two and a third or something like that. And he got lit up like a Christmas tree. And it was like, oh, okay, well... He'll be fine, I guess. Flash forward to today, breaking unrecognizable records even by Major League Baseball standards. Like There are record books that are getting rewritten daily by this guy. And the sheer fact that he's playing on a terrible baseball team, awful, in a market that they're considered the second team in that market is all the more reason why. And I, I, I table that by saying this. I've lived in mid-markets, mid-major markets. I've covered mid-major market teams and things like that. Those teams deserve good players, too. Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis, absolutely deserved him. Deserved that kind of recognition. Deserves those kinds of things. Shohei Otani, though, man, surround him with the right players. And unfortunately, in the major leagues, it means payroll to be able to do that. Yeah. And he'll be the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to payroll. For sure. What? be worth every single dollar one of my favorite tweets of all
1: time involves Shohei otani okay i'm gonna quote it for you here um matt Tomic is the the original at okay every time i see an angels highlight it's like mike trout hit three home runs and raised his average to 528 <laughs> while Shohei otani did something that hasn't been done since tungsten armo doyle of the 1921 akron groomsman as the Tigers defeat the Angels eight to three. <laughs> every <laughs> single time <laughs> Like but it's like it's like art imitating it's like life imitating art every time I every time I see an Angels High Like was well, it feels like it's that. Like I, I understand mid mid major teams, mid 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 major markets absolutely deserve those type of generational players. But you have to be able to build around the generational players. And baseball is tough tougher to do that than say the NFL, but you gotta be able to build around them and give them a reason to stay. And at this point, I'm just like, please put Shohei Otani on some on a team that will allow him to the do
0: Dodgers. this in the playoffs. The Dodgers. He's, he's, he's coming my Dodgers, baby. He's not gonna have far to drive. He's counting, He will not. He'll be cross town. You know, unlike uh, third baseman for the Washington uh, Nationals, Anthony Rendon. Yeah, is like I don't even know where L.A. is. It's too. I don't want to live. I don't want to live in L.A. And he signs. He signs that big deal with the the Angels. I'm like, dude, Anaheim. From LA on a good day, maybe about an hour's drive tops. It's about 25, 30 miles down the five. That's traffic. Yeah, that's all it is. Dodgers have Dodgers when Clayton Kershaw was at his best used to call it Happy Kershaw Day. (laughs) Okay. When Shohei Otani signs with the Los Angeles Dodgers, it'll be Happy Otani Day. I like it. Yes. I like it. Yes. Konnichiwa. All right. Last one.
2: Number one. for the ones who get it done.
0: The Christmas Eve for NBA fans is tonight. It is time for the NBA draft. The speculation about Victor Webanyama will end the French 19-year-old who does toe curls like John McClain in Die Hard after he got off the plane. He does those workouts. It's the strangest thing. He curls his toes, and that's how he moves. Like His exercise regimen in terms of stretching is off the charts. There's a video of Webinyama Barefoot on a court, and all he's doing is curling his toes and moving slightly forward with his feet as he stretches out. It I, I... generational talent or specimen? Well, I feel I feel
1: like I—that's probably a good thing, right? Makes him less injured, I guess.
0: He, he's stretch—he's stretching out. He's stretching out. Wembenyama, number one pick, most likely again, nineteen-year-old Frenchman, generational talent. Number two, though, where the Charlotte Hornets sit. The Charlotte Hornets are now being linked to two players right now, as now Scoot Henderson seems to be overtaking the Brandon Miller, the Brandon Miller kind of like that the Hornets had the second time they got to take a look at Miller. Now the odds seem to be shifting forever in the favor of Scoot Henderson. Right, right now on DraftKings,
1: uh, for the betting odds. If you're into that kind of thing, I am, or, or if you will be into that kind of thing. Oh, in a I few will be, months. and am. Um, Scoot Henderson minus 175 for the second overall pick Brandon Miller is 105 so it's not like this absolutely wild ridiculous it's close it's close and it uh, just when we started the show we were talking about this because these odds kind of shifted about mid-afternoon uh it was I think it was Scoot Henderson like minus 300 or something along those lines so it it truly feels like a bit of a toss-up is there smoke screen perhaps which which way is that smoke blowing I don't know it's It's going to be tricky. I'm I'm super interested to see who the Hornets end up picking because it's going to cause a domino effect for the rest of the draft.
0: Brandon Miller is not a bad pick for the Charlotte Hornets. Neither is Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson is not a bad pick for the Charlotte Hornets. These are two good picks. I don't think they go wrong with either one, but I'm in the camp of Brandon Miller based on just ability, athleticism. He he can go out and shoot. He's the one guy in this draft. Again, as you're watching and listening to the NBA draft tonight – He's one of the few guys outside of, I will say, Grady Dick, mm-hmm. where the scouts will go, must improve outside shooting. They won't have to say that about Brandon Miller. The guy can shoot. He's got a good catch and release. It's not the prettiest shot. It's not Sean Marion ugly, <laughs> and it's not the, and it's not Clyde Drexler ugly, for those of you who knew how Clyde, Clyde Drexler used to shoot like overhead. It wasn't even like a follow-through. It's like he threw the ball over his head and flicked it. Listen, if he gets the job done. Right, it's not the prettiest shot, but it gets the shot done. And he's got incredible vision as a passer for a guy who's six nine. That's why I like Brandon Miller. Okay, fair.
1: And I like Scoot Henderson because he's got that dog in him, um, and for other reasons, he's six uh, two, sure, but has a six nine wingspan. So he's gonna have the defensive ability. He he will be able to play defense well. Um, with the only true kind of asterisk to that being his height. Um, he is well-built. He's almost 200 pounds, so he's a solid muscle type guy. He's going to come into the league and instantly be one of the, you know, top five percentile athletes in the NBA, which is saying a lot. Um, he has his mid-range game is incredibly effective. His, he, the way he pulls up about, you know, 10 feet or so out, and it's, it's like butter. It's great. He We've seen continued improvement from him. Um, two years in the G League. Uh, last year it was 14 points a game. This year 17, four rebounds, five rebounds, four assists. You can six give assists. me all
0: the statistics you want, Lewis. I don't see it. And I don't see it. Well, th- I, I see the hunger. He's hunger. I've read every article about this about him. He's like he's he's built for this. Like this is this, this is, is his time is to shine. Yeah. He wants to be the man. He wants to be the guy. I'm not sure he needs to be the guy in Charlotte, and I'm not sure that's the fit for the Hornets. But the Hornets are not good enough to have to worry about fit.
1: That is, that is where I think this comes into play. I think Scoot Henderson is the pretty crystal clear number two talent overall in this draft. I think there's not a huge gap between him and Brandon Miller, but I think he's the clear number two talent in this, in this draft. And so you go get him. You pair him with LaMelo Ball. You have a great backcourt that, ru- that can play with speed. Um, you're going to be constantly having fun at the very least from an entertainment perspective as a fan base I think is important. Also, with Brandon Miller, I just, for all the reasons why I like Scoot Henderson, part of the reasons why I don't like Brandon Miller, I don't know if he has that next tier of athleticism. I really don't. He struggled to create separation in college where the athletes are significantly better in the NBA. Part of the reason why Alabama ended up falling uh, early on, was the defensive ability of San Diego State. And a lot of teams fell to San Diego State obviously in the NCAA tournament. Alabama was one of them. Brandon Miller had a hard time getting separation. Every shot was tough. Defensively, that's only going to get the, the athletes that guard you defensively are only going to be that much better. Uh, so I think that's part of it. And so I, there's a higher floor. I will give you that. There's a higher floor with Brandon Miller where, like, hey, worst case scenario, Brandon Miller comes out here and is a you know, a great outside shooting wing um, who can help you space the floor. And that's good. Teams need that. But when you have the number two overall pick and you have a guy sitting there like Scoot who has shown improvement from shooting on the outside, I think has the ability to continue to improve more and has that D-Rose, Russell Westbrook type mentality, build, and athletic
0: ability, I think you, you got to go do it. He is incredibly hungry as a player. Totally buy that. I buy everything that you've laid out here in the case. Totally get that. Absolutely get that. But when I look at Brandon Miller and I go, okay, well, I've got LaMelo Ball, who's my point guard. Do I need Scoot Henderson to be my point guard? How many point guards do I need to be running in a backcourt? Portland Trailblazers tried this in 2013 when they drafted C.J. McCollum at number 10. C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard were great complementary parts. High ceilings, all that kind of same bravado, whatnot. Big contracts were handed out. But under eight years later... That It failed. It never got them to a championship, even though they kept surrounding them with the right people, built things up the way they should have through the draft, through free agency. They were looking at a really fantastic team. This was after LaMarcus Aldridge left them. This was after they lost a ton of players. They had that same kind of mentality. They were able to put those two guys out there. And I'm not saying that Ball and Henderson won't be great compliments to each other. I'm not sure that's the right way to go for them right now because if I need a stretch, a stretch kind of wing guy who's athletic, who also has court vision, in, this, in the NBA that we have right now, and I'm choosing between 6'2 and 6'9, I'm going with the guy with the height who's got the springs and can make defensive plays, especially in the Eastern Conference. Don't know how many 6'2 guards there are in the Eastern Conference. Can't be that many. Fair. I just, I... He's got that dog in him, man. Dog. Terquavion Smith is in the NBA draft pool. Could go late first round, could go second round. A guy who knows him very well is his former high school coach. From Farmville Central on the Easter Automotive Hotline, Larry Williford joins us. Larry, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, how close will will you be uh, watching uh, where, uh, where Terquavion lands tonight? It looks like we're trying to get Larry back on with us. We'll figure that one out here in a hot second. Uh, To get people caught up to where we were with the NBA draft as we were talking, there were a couple of trades made today that got finalized. Uh, The Bradley Beal deal between Washington and Phoenix got done. So Beal will go to Phoenix, Chris Paul goes to Washington, and then in a side hustle deal right after that immediately, Chris Paul getting shipped to the Golden State Warriors in exchange for Lewis's favorite player, Jordan Poole. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Jordan Jordan Poole, man, he's a, he's a fun guy. He, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's gonna have a great time in Washington. He's gonna he's gonna throw up 30 shots a game, uh, and and he's gonna enjoy everything that's going on on the Washington uh, court side. I'm I'm sure.
0: So a quick twist on this one, uh, former colleague of mine John Gambadoro, who uh, uh, works at Arizona Sports 98.7 Suns Insider out there, said there was a pool for Paul deal on the table as well, but the Suns felt. That Beal would have been a better fit than Jordan Poole in I, Phoenix. I think that's fair. Yeah, doesn't doesn't seem like a reach, does it?
1: No. Um, interesting. A lot of picks also between the two teams. Um, it's like I'm looking at the numbers here, and it's just it, the, the the essentially the Wizards and Phoenix. They have six second round draft picks and four first round pick swaps. Suns are sending seconds in 2024, five, six, seven, eight, and 30. Picks in four, six, eight, and thirty. That's one of those things where I'm like, twenty, thirty. What yep. are we doing? That's that's a fake number. What are we
3: doing?
0: Right. You're talking about future picks.
3: We'll all be. Our whole team is down here at the East Coast Invitational in Jacksonville. So once we play our seven o'clock game, we're gonna head straight to the big screen, order a couple of pizzas, and uh, you know, be cheering them on. I wish I could
0: Tonight is about the now. Turquavion Smith of NC State is in that draft pool. His high school coach from Farmville Central, Larry Williford, joins us on the Heaster Automotive Hotline. And, Larry, how close will you be uh, watching uh, Turquavion in uh, tonight's draft and where he falls?
3: Uh, We'll all be. Our whole team is down here at the East Coast Invitational in Jacksonville. So once we play our 7 o'clock game, we're going to head straight to the big screen, order a couple pizzas, and, uh, you know, be cheering them on. I wish I could be there at his draft party, but, uh, you know, I can't leave. 10 guys in a hotel by themselves. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
1: probably that's, not a good thing. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Uh, Larry, question for you regarding Turquavion in general, right? Watching him play at NC State, you saw so much improvement, I felt like, from year one to year two. What is he like to coach him as a player? Um, how, how, how much does he push himself uh, to, to even just get to this point?
3: I mean, he's the ultimate competitor. I thought, I thought year two at NC State he had talent around him. Um, You know, I think year one, uh, I mean, we'll just call it like it was. I don't think they were as talented. um, And he had to take more shots. And I think that's why you saw his assist number double um, his second year, just because, you know, he has the one part of his basketball game that doesn't get enough credit in my mind is his ability to distribute the basketball. Uh, He has excellent court vision. He's always had it. Uh, He was one of our best passers in high school. Um, and if you're open, he's going to get you the ball.
1: I, and another thing with, with Turquavion here, I, I, I want to kind of take this from the perspective of at, pretend I'm a scout. All right. And when I read scouting reports on Turquavion, the one thing that always, you know, when people talk about weakness, they say, oh, he's 6'4, 160. But it doesn't, he seems to me, personally, just watching him play at state, it feels like to me he's someone who kind of plays uh, beyond his physical size.
3: He's The guy that's always been doubted, you know, when he came out of middle school, we had a lot of publicity. People said he'd never do it at the high school. What he did in middle school, you know, 50 ball games, things like that. Uh, he, he did it in high school when he left high school. He, they said he wouldn't do what he did in high school and college. He immediately was doing, you know, I would just sit and watch games and just giggle. And because he's just that he, he's got it. I don't know how to explain it, Um but when the lights come on and the scores being taken, he's a fierce guy. You you want him in your foxhole with you because he's a competitor. It don't matter if you're playing the last place team or the first place team. He's the ultimate gamer.
0: Farmville he wants Central. To win. Farmville Central men's basketball coach Larry for joining us here on the Hyster Automotive Hotline. Larry, before we let you go, is there some place you would love to see on land tonight?
3: You know, obviously, I, th- I think that you know there's certain organizations that 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 are I don't know a little bit more stable than others. I hope that wherever he goes, there's a plan in place. Because um, I do know he has some work to do. I would love to see his body a year or two from now when he's you know in the NBA system and and working out 365 with, with you know a dedicated strength coach just for him and doing some things. You know, scoring the basketball, he's going to do that. Um, that's never been a problem for him. To, you know from the time he's touched the basketball. Uh you know, I think he could be a great guy, you know, year year one, two or three where he he's coming off the bench and can provide that spark because he plays so hard and then you hope that morphs into a uh you know a starting role, you know, in year three, four and five. That's when you make the big money in the NBA.
0: Undeniable. Larry, Larry appreciate you uh hanging out with us and uh pulling away from your team a little bit. Obviously you've got uh you got things going on there, but we appreciate the insight into Tequian.
3: Thank you. Looking forward to tonight. Y'all have a great day. You
0: too. Farmville Central men's basketball coach Larry Williford joining us here on the Heischer Automotive Hotline.
2: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done. Which is music to his ears. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.